Hi, this is Tiffany Bova. Welcome to the What's Next podcast, where I have the pleasure of welcoming Heather Monahan, who is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and founder of Boss in Heels. Having successfully climbed the corporate ladder for nearly 20 years in the media and broadcast industry, Heather is one of the few women to reach the C-suite as the Chief Revenue Officer at Beasley Media Group. She is a Glass Ceiling Award winner, named one of the most influential women in radio in 2017, and Thrive Global named her a limit-breaking female founder in 2018. Love Thrive Global. We've had uh, Ariana on. I think they're doing great work. Anyway, welcome to the podcast, Heather. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, well, we're going to get started on something I have uh, done for a while now that everyone seems to just get a kick out. It's, it's called Bullish and Bearish. And what it is, is three quick questions. And I ask, and you're going to say bullish, I'm totally for it. Bearish is I'm against it. And in full transparency, rarely do people make it that easy. <laughs> Usually, there's a middle ground. So you have a little bit of leniency, but we'll dig into any of them that you want to after, but we'll we'll try to keep it to bullish and bearish. So are you ready? Yes. All right. Great. The first one, artificial intelligence will take on the role of a vinter or winemaker. Bullish. Oh, not what I expected you to say. And we can get into why I asked that question in the first place. Uh, all right. So next one. Robots will be able to build confidence. Bullish. Oh, also not what I thought. God, I'm not getting I'm not getting good better at this as it goes. All right. The last one is getting fired might just be what your career needs. Bullish. Oh, three bullish. I am failing my listeners. Like I haven't gotten a bearish in a while. I gotta get better at this. Oh, anyway, so let so let me start at the winemaker because. I, I read that you uh, worked for a winemaker, so I thought I'd start there. But I think being in the wine business would be totally fun. It can be. You know, the what's interesting about the wine business, you know, in, until you've been in it, it's not what you think. It's probably like anything, you know, in that regard. But there was 100 male employees in the sales team and three female. So you kind of stick out being a woman in the wine business and, and getting into the wine business you have to drive on delivery trucks and you have to unload delivery trucks and you spend a tremendous amount of time in retail locations cleaning their shelves and really doing very low level physical work in order to advance to that next level. So it's it's a grueling, very grueling business when you first get in. Well, so I sold technology when it was a hundred sales guys that were men and, you know, I don't know if there was another female, but okay, let's call it, you know, two or three, right? Same thing. But I kind of felt like in some way, and it wasn't as physical, but I felt like in some way it worked to my advantage. I never felt like it didn't work to my advantage. Did you feel that way, that it worked to your advantage a little bit? And did you ever feel it worked against you? Oh, it completely worked against me. Uh, the, the president of the company ended up sexually harassing me and it it was so it was such an awful experience at such a young age when I was not confident and I didn't know how to handle it. So I inevitably I kept a journal and tracked all of the 
things he was doing and how he was treating me. And I brought the journal to the founder of the company and he asked how much money I wanted. And I said, I don't want a dime. I just never want to work here again. And I left. And unfortunately, the man did not fire the individual who was harassing me. But years later, I heard he did it again to another woman. And that time he ended up getting fired. But it was a terrible experience. Well, so what's interesting is that it probably shaped a lot of what you did later in your career. So while in the moment, a terrible experience, you know, I don't wish that upon anybody, male or female, right? Just anyone, period. But I always feel like sometimes those really tough experiences help sort of catapult you um, in a new direction or even to a passion like what you've done. Did it help you in your next, in your next step career? The way I would say it shaped me, it made me very hard, very cold. And for a long time, that's how I led was with this really closed off persona where I did not let people get close to me. I did not want people to see the real me. And that was all out of fear. I was protecting myself because I had been hurt so badly uh, at such a young age when in business. So I just, that situation taught me, don't let people get close to you at work. Don't let them get to know you because they might try to hurt you. And so I led that way for, for a few years, probably, probably five or six years. That was how I operated in business was very closed and shut off to people. And it took a long time for me to learn that I could trust people. I could be my authentic self. And, and that really happened over, over that next decade. Yeah. And it led you, I would say it probably played a great role in your book, uh, Confidence Creator, right? I mean, I think that, that that story was probably a foundation for you that, that you know, like I said, kind of catapulted you into this place that has uh, generated, you know, uh, great success for you. But in between there, um, you were able to master that in the media industry, which I'm going to guess is equally um, not working in your favor, but probably a much better experience. It was a, a much better experience. I, I spent so many more years in media than I had in the wine business. I was only in the wine business for a short period of time, but I was in the media business almost 20 years. And um, yeah, that was a much better run for me um, in corporate America, for sure. So you were, you know, I think at, at the height, you were the chief revenue officer, but you, you sort of started out in sales. And so I know confidence is where you spend so much of your time, you know, talking and writing and speaking. And so maybe you could talk through sort of how some of our listeners, you know, they're right at the beginning of their career, in the middle of their career, or at the height of their career. And I think confidence is one of those things, especially as a salesperson, uh, you have to have confidence to be in sales. Would you agree? I was not a confident person when I first got into sales and I did well, but to really live up to your potential and, you know, reach the heights that you have the capacity to, confidence is, it's the absolute foundation of a successful, extremely successful salesperson. It's the difference maker. It's, it's interesting. I had an NBA player reached out to me a few months ago and he told me the, the single biggest difference maker in the NBA on the court is when a player has confidence or doesn't. And that is exactly the same in sales and corporate America and business is that's the biggest differentiator between being successful and being, you know, reaching that absolute height of your potential. So let's say, you know, I, I completely agree with you. So let's say we agree with you, right? And we're going, yes, yes, yes. So, and I'm, I'm listening and I go, I'm kind of not that confident. Like sometimes I'm insecure. Um, you know, maybe I'm an introvert, so I don't say things and in meetings or I hold back. And so, but, but I really want to be more confident what what step people through sort of what that looks like in kind of creating creating confidence, I guess. 
Sure. There's, there's, you know, everyone has different challenges, different holdbacks. So there's some things that people might listen to, you know, direction that I share and say, oh, that part's easy. You know, I, I don't have negative self-talk. You know, some people just don't do that. But then there are people out there that run a very negative tape in their mind all day long. I used to do this to myself where you just beat yourself up all day long. You're running this tape. You know, that's not good enough. You blew it again. Why didn't you speak up? You know, really harsh, a harsh voice. And, you know, Social media is an interesting thing today. Everyone's talking about how it can be so negative. Well, what I like to liken it to is your mind is your own social platform. It's that one platform you own, you curate, you're in charge of it. So really taking ownership of that and running the tape and the advertisement to you that you want to hear. And for me, that's I am enough. I love myself. I'm killing it. I'm making this happen. I'm so proud of me. And I was able to develop that skill through discipline. You know, McDonald's runs um, advertising in frequencies, let's say, of seven every day. So you're going to hear seven radio ads. You're going to see seven billboards. You're going to see seven TV commercials. Well, the reason why there is a frequency element is because frequency sells. And so what I did was I learned techniques and strategies in media, and I applied that to my own mind. And that's really been a game changer for me because... I make sure that at least seven times a day, I'm running that tape in my mind that I want to hear. And through discipline and continuing to do it day in, day out, it now runs on its own. So I don't have to cue myself to say, oh, Heather, remind yourself you're doing a great job today. I'm already running that tape constantly because I chose to curate that old message and get rid of it and put a new one in. And, and a lot of people do that with affirmations as well. And so, you know, that's that, that self-talk. And I think that self-talk can be so powerful and also can be your worst enemy, right? Especially if it's the opposite of what you just said. And so what do you think the balance is between um, the self-talk that's sort of on the positive side of it? Like you said, like you're running that tape in your head all the time, like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. That affirmation stickers on your mirror, whatever it is that makes you feel like I got this and getting it from external as well. So what's the balance there from getting it from either peers or mentors or managers or people that are just in your circle? What do you think the power of, of helping someone on their confidence journey comes from outside of you personally, you know, the individual uh, versus the individual? Well, really reaching, you know, your potential, that's got to come from within you. Becoming truly confident means that you can walk into any room and you're not concerned with what they think about you. You're concerned about what you think about you. And that, you know, that's a long journey and long road to reach that point. And, and um, I've been there, I'm there now, and it, it's such an amazing feeling. It's not static. It doesn't stay that way. And I found that out when I got fired. You know, I was feeling pretty confident and then I, you know, I was reeling for a while. So confidence confidence goes up and down and, and it's about taking that step back and saying, okay, I can't curate what other people are going to say to me, but I can't curate the people that I'm going to choose to have in my life. And I call that firing your villains, right? So, you know, you've, you've already changed the tape in your mind and now you're on your own team and you're encouraging yourself. Now take a look around you and, and say, hey, I want to make sure that the rest of the people around here are on my team too, because if they're not, I'm in the wrong room. I'm on the wrong team. I'm in the wrong company. I'm in the wrong relationship, and I'm going to go ahead and fire those villains from my life so I can really set myself up to take off. I think that's great advice. I think, but I, I would also say, like I, I've been in that situation, and you know, I've had others on the on the podcast, Kim Scott, or uh, or even Liz um, Wasserman Wright, where it's the sort of the detractors and and you know those that are really sort of in your corner and 
But I think part of it for me anyway, around confidence was, do I have the confidence to actually fire those villains? (laughs) And do I have the confidence to take the leap that um, if I leave the team or the company that I will find another place? So I think part of that is scary, right? To fire those villains. Sure, but I've chosen to see fear in a different way. And I believe that we were taught as kids that fear was something to run away from. What I've learned as an adult is fear is actually a green light and it means go and go faster. So now when I feel scared, that's my cue. Oh, hey, Heather, you're supposed to do this faster. Get going. And when you teach yourself to reframe, you know, just because other people taught you that way, that's fine for them. You can thank them for their self-limiting beliefs and hand it back to them. But you're going to go ahead down this new path, which is fear means go faster. And I've seen myself climb this fear ladder. And now I move up it so quickly that fear is no longer a holdback for me. In fact, it motivates me. And it again, that didn't happen overnight. It happened through small baby steps. And I, I look back and I challenge everyone to do this. Look back in your life at the times you were afraid and you, you ended up moving forward with it. Do you regret that? Because for me, I look back and, you know, I was petrified of leaving that company that I was with and I ended up getting fired from there. And I'm so grateful now a year later that that happened because I was miserable in that situation. I had a villain that I was working with day in and day out trying to drag me down. My hair was coming out of my head. I threw my back out. Every sign in the universe was hitting me over the head saying, Heather, you're in an awful situation. You've got to do something. I was so afraid of losing that paycheck that I couldn't get myself to take that next step. And what I've learned now, looking back in hindsight, I was I was trying to tell myself to get out of there, but I was so afraid saying, okay, I don't know what that next step looks like. I don't know where that next dollar is going to come from. I have a mortgage. I have a child. You know, I, how am I going to make this work? But what I've learned since then is every single, single successful entrepreneur has been at that place at at one time in their life, they stood on that ledge and didn't know what that next step was or if there was a step. They All they could see was darkness, but they still took the step anyways. And those steps appear. And I have seen this so, I mean, in so many mind-blowing situations over the past year. It has been unbelievable. And a, and a great example recently of something that happened to me like that was I decided to launch an online course. And at first I thought, okay, I'll sell my online course when I'm speaking. That makes sense. But then I started thinking about it and I thought, but all the way I'm, I'm going along and I'm doing it, you know, I'm taking action and, and I'm promoting my course and I'm speaking about it. But then I started saying, this isn't scaling fast enough for me. What's a better way to scale? You know what? I need a sales team. I've always led sales teams, but I figured this out while I was going along, already taking action and, and doing it. I already had the course up and running. I was already promoting it. Now I figured out I needed a team. So I started eliciting affiliate partners and building a team. And then along that way, I made a phone call to a guy that I wanted to sell for me. And he said, Heather, so interesting you're calling me. This is what I do for a living now. I've been doing it for five years, but I don't sell to friends and on social media. I sell to companies. I sell to State Farm. They have 70,000 employees. Why don't we do a deal for your course for State Farm and their 70,000 employees? But again, when I decided to create a course, I didn't know any of these things were going to happen or appear. It was all about taking action, taking that next step, even though I didn't know where that step was going to take me. It's a great point. I mean, you know, when I, there's been a number of times in in my career where I, I have a different risk quotient, you know, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, you should be just really proud of yourself without sounding like 
not making that sound weird, right? But proud of yourself, like doing that with a small kid and, you know, all the things you did, it's like, that's like, that takes some chutzpah, right? Like, I'm going to go for this. And not everybody can. So I think, you know, as you look back going to one of my very first questions, right? If any of that hadn't happened, you hadn't gotten hardened, you know, you hadn't closed off, like if you maybe you would have had a different journey. It maybe would have led you to the same place. But I think I always say that sort of the look back makes far more sense than when you're in the thick of it. Sure. <laughs> and you have, a, you have a different set of glasses when you look back. And so if, if you think about this kind of building confidence and decisions that you make and uh, you know, getting the right people around you. What are some of the pitfalls along the way when building confidence to avoid, if you will? So those were some things to do, but what are some things to avoid? Well, some of the things to avoid, again, is avoiding the villains, right? Avoiding getting stuck. And one of the ways that I do that is I elicit accountability partners. And I've actually started using social media as a, as a major accountability partner. I was feeling stuck writing my second book and I just wasn't making headway. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to put it out on social media that my book is going to be done within the next month. And then it's like reverse engineering that you have an end date. You just forced yourself to a goal, a date, a timeline, and you put it out and you're being held accountable by all of these people. I used to do that one-on-one -on -one with someone. I'd tap someone in my life and say, hey, I, I want you to know this is my goal. This is what I want to do. I need you to help hold me accountable to it. I don't want to lose focus. But now I've taken that next step. You know, We all want to get to that next level. Putting things out there to the world and to the universe really helps you to move fast. So um, getting stuck is definitely something you want to avoid. And that goes back to your first comment around fear. I think getting stuck has a lot to do with fear. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I feel like through my career, and, and I wonder if you feel the same way, but although you were with some uh, one company for a good period of time, but I, I changed jobs a lot and it was sort of my way of uh, keeping it fluid and interesting and maybe it was subconsciously ways for me to get rid of my villains or whatever it was, right? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Sure. Um, but, but ultimately along the way, I feel like I was building this sort of confidence muscle. I like to call it, you know, of, you know, it's like you go to the gym and you're sore, but you go back and you keep going back and then you're not sore and you raise the weight, right? And then you're sore again, and then you're not sore and then you raise the weight. I mean, you know, it's just sort of building this muscle and it, I think it's something that just takes time. Do you think sort of building that confidence, like all the things you just said take time? I mean, there's no way we can fake the time on that, right? I mean, there's just surrounding yourself with the right people. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yes and no. I don't know that I agree entirely okay. because I, I do feel just with my own experiences, there are times I really leaned in and took major risks, listened to my intuition, took major action, you know, and, and the moment when I got fired and I decided, okay, this is a game-changing moment. I can either go back to corporate America and start applying for jobs, doing exactly what I used to do, or I can see this as an opportunity and take the biggest risk of my life and jump. And, you know, it was, it was not an easy decision. However, every day and every step I took, it built things so quickly and fast for me that, it, I mean, I took off so quickly and that made my confidence accelerate beyond anything I had ever envisioned. So, I guess it's really correlated to the steps and actions you take. Meaning, if you're in a bad marriage, 
and you know your villain is your significant other, and you make that decision, I am cutting ties now. I'm leaving this person. I deserve more than this, and I'm not going to find it if I don't take this action. Taking major action like that accelerates your confidence so quickly versus another way to do it, right, is baby steps along the way, and that takes a lot longer. I have gone both ways with confidence. While you were out jumping around trying new jobs and building your confidence more quickly. I stayed at one company for 14 years. So I wasn't building my confidence. I was doing it very slowly, slowly. So, you know, there's, there's different ways to get to that same end result, but I do believe by taking action like you did and and trying new jobs and showing up here and taking chances and moving faster, it's going to build your confidence so much more quickly. And, And I've lived it both ways. And I definitely recommend take the bigger risk take the bigger action if you're not if you're not there now take the smaller ones today but focus on it i used to always say i'm too busy running a company i don't have time to wonder what my true passions are in life or i was always making excuses for why i was staying stuck in this dead end situation you know because on the outside it looked good and yes i made a lot of money and yes i had a lot of accolades but i wasn't fulfilled i wasn't happy and i knew that but I wasn't giving myself the respect that I deserved. And when I didn't give myself that respect, the woman that I was working for didn't respect it either. And she, and she treated me terribly. And the more I would allow that to go on, the more she would ignore me, the worse I'd feel about myself, the more down I'd get. You know, it's, it's a very slow erosion of your confidence. It's not like someone, you know, comes in with a baseball bat and hits you and, and you realize what's happening. So, you know, again, taking the risk, taking the action, listening to your inner voice and and going when it says hey this is not acceptable you know that can build your confidence very quickly well so I, well, a lot of what you just said what i what i heard in that was you were very clear and like sort of very direct in what you were trying to accomplish i think that's part of this whole process absolutely yeah and and i and i think that that's where i see a lot of people struggle is that they don't know what it is yet i'm kind of trying to figure it out Versus maybe saying like I, I very I have to have a have to have a goal like even if the goal shifts a little bit as you start going after it you have to start somewhere and especially if you sort of are pursuing if you're fortunate enough to pursue your passion and make money you know along the way even better um, but I I think that that being sort of clear and and direct is a big part of that. Um, but can I just want to interject? I yeah. did not. I did not know, and I, and I want everyone to know this. I did not know I was writing a book. I did not know there was a career out there for me to be a, a professional speaker. I didn't even know people got paid for speaking because in my own old world, we didn't pay people for things like that. I didn't know there was a business around what my passion was. I just kept taking steps, and for me. One of those first steps was I asked for help. I put it out on social media. I've been fired after 14 years. This hurts. And if I've ever impacted your life or career, I'd love to hear from you today because I'm really hurting. And what that did, I took a chance on me. I was vulnerable. I asked for help and I put myself out there. I, that post went viral and so many people reached out offering to help me. And one of them was Froggy from the Elvis Duran show. And he showed up and said, Hey, how can I help you? And I said, put me on your show. I didn't know why I wanted to go on. Didn't know what I was going to say, but I knew (laughs) Elvis Duran had an audience of 10 million people. And I thought, you know what, if I can expand my reach, maybe something will start coming together. And that's exactly what happened. I went out there. I was nervous, but I showed up. And while I was on the show, Elvis said to me, well, Heather, obviously you're writing a book. 
I was not writing a book, but I looked at him right in the eye and I said, obviously. And he said, <laughs> when, when will it be out? And I said, oh, it'll be out this year. You know, so all of these things, again, it goes back to, I stood on that ledge. I didn't know what was in front of me, but I just kept going and taking action and taking chances on myself. And I got on that flight when I left New York that night. And you know what? I Googled, how do you write a book? And it said, <laughs> you just start writing. I, I was, you know, I used to live in this world of who's Heather, quote unquote, Heather's a social one. Heather's a sales leader. Heather's in media. And I used to allow myself to be put in these lanes and, and at first, the idea of, I can't be an author. I, I wasn't, you know, a great English student. I didn't major in English. At first, all those fears came in, self-limiting beliefs. And then finally, I decided, forget this. You know what? I, Google said you just sit down and write. I'm just going to flip and sit down and write. And I did. And I wrote and self-published my first book. And the funniest thing is, I have a, a very successful career in media for 20 years. When you Google me today, I show up as an author. You cannot even find my career in media anywhere on the first 15 pages of Google. It's insane what you can do in one year of your life if you're willing to bet on you, you're willing to take risks and just take action. Well, there's no question that uh, you are doing exactly what you should be doing, which I think is all part of this journey we're all on, right? Find something you're super passionate about, find ways to to have meaning and give back. And it sounds like with all that you are doing now, you know, not even beyond the book, um, I think you've just launched a, a course. Why don't you, why don't you give the listeners a little insight into that? Yeah, absolutely. So what happened when I, I launched my book May 22nd of last year, and I was getting DMs on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. And it would always say the same thing. Heather, I love the book. It's so inspiring. I'm so ready to take action in my life. What are my next steps? And what I realized quickly is I was hearing that same need from everyone, but I can't scale that solution. I couldn't you know, answer every single DM or get a hold of these people. And I decided, why don't I walk them through? Why don't I hold their hand through the process I went through? And that's what gave me the idea. Why don't I create an online course? And at that point in time, I had never created an online course. So I said, I'll Google it. I'll figure it out. Just like I figured out becoming an author, I'm going to figure out this online business. And so I sat down and I wrote out a plan and I Googled it and I took chances and I had no idea if it would be good or not. And I just heard back, I just launched it last week. And one of the young women that took my course last week sent me the most beautiful testimonial to use. And it just basically said that this is exactly what she'd been looking for. She needed that next step, that push and that effort and direction. And it's exactly why I created the course. It's it's what to do after you read the book, after you decide you do want to create your confidence. It's a step-by-step plan where I walk you through videos, worksheets, Q&A, and, and really hold your hand to help you get to where you want to go. Well, I, you know, it's been really awesome to have you uh, on this this What's Next podcast today, because I think Often, uh, like you, you know, we speak a lot, people will come up and say, oh, you know, I want to do what you do, maybe even write a book, or I want to speak on stage, and what's my first step, right? It's usually the sort of the shortened version of a longer question. Sure. It, it needs to start with this, you have to find your way towards confidence. If it's take your time very slowly, you know, take risk, do it the way I did it, you did it, it's some, you have to find your own path. Uh, to building your confidence. But like you said at the beginning of our conversation that you feel like the difference between the high performers and very successfully really lies in this chasm of 
lack of confidence and confidence. So um, it's really been a pleasure having you uh, on the What's Next podcast today. So before we wrap, uh, I just want to uh, ask um, where people can find you. But before I do that, I always ask one last question on if you could have dinner with anybody alive or dead, and it could be multiple people, who would it be? Mel Robbins. Um, I'm coming for her. So she's the number one U.S. speaker, female U.S. speaker in um, inspiration and motivation, author of the five second rule. And that's where I've set my sights for my speaking career. So I'd love to sit down and talk to her. Well, excellent. Well, then, you know, Mel, you have been officially invited to dinner if you are <laughs> If you are listening to this podcast and we will make it happen for you. I mean, that's the, gotta, gotta put it out there. You just gotta put it out there. Right. Absolutely. All right. And so, you know, let people know who are listening, who'd like to follow you and, and maybe uh, take that uh, confidence creator course. What's the best way to, to keep in touch and see what you're doing. Sure. So my website is heathermonahan.com or you can just Google me. My website shows up first and my book confidence creator is on Amazon and audible and I'd love for you to get it. And my course uh, confidence creator 101, you can link into that right at my website, heathermonahan.com and I'm on all social platforms at Heather Monahan. Well, Heather, it's really been a pleasure. You know, I, I hope you had as much fun as I did talking about uh, this great topic, confidence, which uh, I, it's one of my favorites. So, I, I, you know, thank you again for joining us on the What's Next podcast. Anything last you'd like to say? Thank you so much for having me. And I love women supporting women. So I really appreciate you. Of course. How much fun was that with Heather Monahan on the What's Next podcast? Well, there is no shortage of passion that Heather has for building your confidence, taking risks, firing your villains, making the decisions that are going to be best for you, all in the spirit of making sure that you are where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing, and loving it every single day. I hope you enjoyed listening about confidence as much as I did. I think it's an important part of our journey and building success for ourselves, both in our personal and our professional lives. So thank you again for joining me on the What's Next podcast. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and more importantly, leave a review. I look forward to having you join me again next time. Have a great day.